It's episode 14 of Phase Zero. I'm your host, Brandon Davis. Joining today, the All-Star Squad is back, if you will. We've got Aaron Perrine. On your left. Let's go. Let's get it. <laughs> uh, let's go. we got Jenna Anderson is in the house. Hey, everybody. And we have Jamie Durack, back by popular demand. Oh, good morning. <laughs> good morning. Good morning, everybody. Good afternoon. Good evening, wherever, whenever you're listening. Welcome to episode 14 of Phase Zero. On today's show, we are going to go full spoilers on the Falcon of the Winter Soldier, episode five. Spoiler alert. I love this episode. We're going to save that until later in the show. We have some MCU updates we have to get through. Not, a, not as big of a news week as last week. No big trailers or anything. But we are also going to play a game because we have a few weeks coming up where there is no new Marvel episode or movie. So we have to, you know, prepare ourselves to be entertaining on Phase Zero. So we're going to give that a shot today. Uh, the hosts here, we're all going to play a little game where we are going to get mad at each other. and You're going to get mad at us. And some <laughs> people are going to agree and some are going to disagree. It's going to be fun. But let's start with the news. Uh, Doctor Strange 2, Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness, is wrapping production this week. Kevin Feige went on ESPN Plus's Undefeated show, and he said he's in London right now for the final week of production. And that's the news. That's that's it. This is what happens when you don't put Mark Ruffalo or Tom Holland in the movie. You get a spoiler-free <laughs> production. I, can you not one? Have any of you heard anything about this? Not one leak. Nothing. Not at all. No. It's insane. Not, not. I mean, I get maybe they had it really tightly uh, produced. I don't know because because of the pandemic, so there was no opportunity for set photos to show up. I prefer it this way, though. I'm going to be honest. Versus like Spider Man No Way Home, where it feels like we know everything or everyone or something. I'm sure there's still more surprises, but uh, it's very nice to have a movie on the way and not one leak. Jamie, do you prefer? To know the cast or to be surprised? No, I want to. I want to be surprised. I'm really mad about the Thor: Love and Thunder, um, the the play cameos that we know are coming back. Though the the Ragnarok cameos were some of the most delightful joys of my life, and I'm and I, I'm like my favorite thing in the world is a Muppet movie because you never know who's going to show up. <laughs> yeah, if you actually if you look at uh, David F. Sandberg's Twitter, aren't the Muppets in Shazam too now? Or was that Sesame yeah. Street? Was that, or both, I don't know. They're but, yeah, technically a, Muppets, but yeah. <laughs> that was a funny, uh, that was a funny bit from, uh, that's that's DC. We're not allowed to talk about DC on Phase Zero, uh, or, Ma or else Matthew Barry shows up and starts, <laughs> starts torching everything. <laughs> yeah. I also want to shout out Kevin Feige's new hat. He has a Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness hat, just flexing on us, his hat collection, which, like, none of these hats ever come available. Uh, but I think the hat confirmed Mephisto. I'm not totally. sure. Thank and the aerospace laughing. engineer and everything. Yes. Thank you for, 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 I, I, I don't know. I don't know how to be funny. That's all. I, I just keep going back to those jokes. It's all I have. Uh, if you could have one hat, Aaron, one of, one of Feige's MCU hats, which one are you picking? Give, give me the blade one because it was so unexpected. Like we had no idea the movie was even coming and he just put like, Hey, Marshala. Put that on, bang! And I was like, "What?" I used to probably get a couple hundred thousand dollars for that on eBay. I'd imagine, especially because they never produce them. Yeah, that's true. I, I would be. I thought the Wandavision hat was really cool. I know Jamie was digging the Wandavision hat. I'm going to be honest. I, I don't really pay attention to Kevin Feige's hats, but if there is a Wandavision <laughs> hat available, obviously, yes, that would be for me. <laughs> uh there what is available is a spider-man no way home t-shirt this is like this is the news we have this week the spider-man no way home t-shirts went on sale they don't they're not going to advertise the movies themselves anymore they're just going to let you pay 26.99 for a white t-shirt with the movie logo on it and then go walk around outside with the logo on your chest and that's their marketing now they don't they're just like we don't need to release trailers or photos whatever <laughs> i opened that link and i was like oh that's that's a logo on a t-shirt. Uh, nice it's work, literally all <laughs> It's literally just, I mean, if you haven't seen it, it's literally a white t-shirt, Spider-Man No Way Home on the, on the center of it, and that's it. So we're moving on. Black <laughs> Panther 2 is supposed to start filming in July. The working title was revealed as Summer Break. Working titles sometimes are like a gag kind of 
something to do with the plot. Sometimes they're completely meaningless. Does anybody have anything that they think this might mean? I can't think of anything. Yeah. I saw, I saw like a theory on Reddit that somebody said like Shuri, it's going to be referencing like her being blipped and it was like a break or something. I don't know, but I mean, you know, whatever. I, there was also a petition going around for fans. Uh, some, some Marvel fans want to see T'Challa get recast in the wake of Chadwick Boseman's passing. And I respect the argument that this person made. It was E-Man's movie reviews and just talked about in the, in the petition, how T'Challa means more than just the character within the franchise. uh, And that it represents a character that people who like how black people don't get represented on screen in this way. And they think that it would be beneficial to continue this story and this character, maybe not immediately, but you and it's not about the mantle. You can pass the mantle of Black Panther, and I I understand the sentiment. I don't I, I don't see how you could recast this role. Like I just I I don't know, Jenna. Would you like? Wouldn't it be weird walking in and seeing someone else play T'Challa? Yeah, I agree. Like it, I could, I can definitely see the argument for it, and I think it's a thing where we've had enough comic book adaptations where multiple people have played the same character to where, in in some instances, it does make sense. But I feel like in this instance, that role feels so tied to Chadwick that it would be very weird to see anybody. Like I would not want to put that on any other actor of having to step into those shoes and be in that movie. Like that would be some massive shoes to fill. Absolutely. And I mean, and there's also just no winning for that actor because they're they're going to endlessly be compared. And I mean, somebody's going to play Iron Man again, I'm sure one day. Somebody's going to play Thor and Captain Marvel and everybody. But it's not like a thing that it happens this quickly after they pass away tragically and unexpectedly to the world. Like, you know, so I, I think you need to give it that 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 space and the respect to Chadwick. Uh, Aaron, you have any thoughts on this? Um, I, I saw the petition. I kind of read through it. I mean, you have to kind of fight through like the gut reaction of like, no, um, because a lot, it does like, you know, it is hard to get sort of these heroes on screen. Um, but you're right about the entire news cycle leading into the movie would be, are they going to be as good as Chadwick Boseman? And you're literally, you're, you're competing against ghosts. It's impossible. It's so hard to do. So I, I just, I couldn't imagine it, and you're right, because at some point, someone else is going to play Black Panther at some point, you know? We're, we're, on, how, we're on how many Spider-Men now, you know? We're, so, BD, I can't imagine, like, what if they ever brought Iron Man back and it wasn't Robert Downey Jr.? Like, how would everybody feel? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You just can't, I mean, you can't. It's like one of those things where somewhere down the line, I'm sure Marvel's gonna hit a reboot or something. So it's like somebody's going to play Wolverine again, but we have to space it out because if mm-hmm. you do that right now, everybody's going to be like, well, they're not Hugh Jackman. And so and you're, you're, it's not even like it's it's you have to – there's the additional level of you have to respect Chadwick's legacy. Like, you know, Hugh Jackman stepping away was a choice. Chadwick, unfortunately, passed away. Like, you have to respect that, I think. So – but, I mean, I, 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 the, that whole cast and crew that is getting started in July – I mean, I, I wish them the best. I know that's that. I can only imagine how tough that is to get back to work. Um, and I'm sure every day everybody's going to be thinking about Chadwick. And I hope that they, you know, I'm sure they're going to do everything they can. They have the most talented people over there. They're a family. They're going to make a hell of a movie, I think. I can't wait to see it. Um, and the last bit of news, She-Hulk. This is, uh, I'm, I'm saying this publicly for the first time. She-Hulk. The working title is Clover. Breaking news. <laughs> so... You know, you heard it here first. Super exciting She-Hulk development. Uh, I know I've heard a lot about She-Hulk. I'm working to get a few things confirmed. uh, But there is some cast members in She-Hulk that could be really, really exciting if what I'm hearing turns out to be true. But I don't want to say it now because I don't know if I'm correct on it. And if I say it out loud, then forget it. And it turns out to be wrong. You know you're you're talking to two of the biggest Tatiana Maslany fans. Exactly. Here. Between yeah. Jenna and I, I mean, yeah. my goodness, we've got a whole fan club. Yeah. Are are you guys making T-shirts or what? Oh, I've already made to. T-shirts. Honestly, I'm at oh, that point. Where's mine? My I didn't orphan, get that far. My orphan black merchandise is like a good portion of my. Oh, closet, I do have an orphan so. black shirt. Oh, I'm right there with you, and I got a bunch of pins. Oh, what a good show. <laughs> 
Well, I, I, listen, if we learned anything from today's show, it's that selling T-shirts isn't that hard. All you got to do is write Tatiana Maslany on it. I mean, that's it. Exactly. I yeah. bought this one that just says Westview Anomaly Emergency Response <laughs> just because Darcy said the words in WandaVision. Wow. So. Wow. Wow. That's true fandom right there. That is love. I love it. Uh, okay. So we're going to play a game now before we get into the Falcon of the Winter Soldier uh, breakdown, episode five. I, I sent a tweet this week and I, I made a graphic and it said, you have to choose one movie from each line. You could watch it right now, but all the rest get deleted. So you're going to have to delete six movies. Uh, and I encourage everybody who is watching live right now to play along in the comment section. And I encourage everybody who's listening to the podcast on Spotify or Apple to send us your, uh, send us your, your thoughts on this. So here is the options. I'm going to lay it all out here for everybody who's listening and can't see this image right now. There's three lines. Each line has three movies. You have to pick one. The rest get deleted. You can watch it immediately though. So that's kind of like the bittersweet thing. At least you don't have to wait. Line one is Black Widow, Shang-Chi in the Legend of the Ten Rings and Eternals. Line two is Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, Thor Love and Thunder, and Spider-Man No Way Home. And line three is Black Panther 2, Captain Marvel 2, and Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. So you have to pick one from each line. The other six movies get deleted. I am not going first. I am absolutely not going first. I can go first if you'd like me to. Go right ahead. Jamie, um, you but, but the thing is, though, you can't ask me a question like this and not expect a very detailed answer. So uh, I have a prediction for your line too, but I don't want to spoil it. So you go. <laughs> okay. You go ahead. Well, the thing about me is, if if I was cheating, I would just take line two and run away and say buy ones one and three because line two is my line. But if I'll play the proper way, uh, and we'll start with line one. Uh, as hard as it is for me to not pick a film that features Rachel Weisz and Florence Pugh or a film that features Aquafina. Um, I'm going Eternals with line one. And the only reason is, is because I need to know immediately how the MCU is handling their first openly gay hero. Um, that's the only reason. Um, and uh, and that's my line one for you. Don't you don't consider die. Joe Russo a hero? Um, I knew you were going to bring that up. And I swear, <sighs> I'm going to roll my eyes so far back in my head, they're going to get stuck. Brandon, I, I'm having war flashbacks right now, I swear. <laughs> I can't. I just can't with that. I mean, that I was, just, yeah. well, I mean, love you, Joe, but just a way to be like, you know what I'm going to do to pat myself on the back? Be gay. Um, it's fine. Uh, all right. Row two. This is my row. This is really hard for me. Um, I, I mean, I, I, Thor Love and Thunder is going to be my favorite. I know that for a fact. Spider-Man, I have to know if these cameos are happening. Uh, Doctor Strange is one of my least favorite movies in the franchise. I'm not going to lie, um, but it doesn't matter. I'm going to pick Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness because it's got Elizabeth Olsen. And uh, Elizabeth Olsen, a Scarlet Witch, wins my pick every single time uh, and that brings us to row three uh, i'm not picking quantum mania because i'm still bitter um what they did to um emma Furman. i feel really bad for that child uh i think they did her dirty and uh, i'm not over it yet uh black panther 2 as we just discussed I'm, it's just the thought of it makes me sad so right now it's not my top choice uh and i'm going with captain marvel 2 i want to see Bru uh i want to see carol and monica's drama why are they mad at each other and uh those are my answers uh, my long-winded uh, answer that I thoroughly thought about. That was pretty good. I, I, I'm going to – hold on. Let me put on my surprise face for your line two selection. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it. No, I, that, I, that line two is hands down the toughest. All right, Jenna. Oh, gosh. Okay. So this is like – this is going to look like I'm just taking the easy way out, but it's really not. Just all of the middle options in all three of the rows are probably what I would go with. Um Shang-Chi because I really want to see there's like been rumors about oh they'll have like a big dragon and a lot of like very sort of mythological aspects and I just want to see a gigantic dragon in the MCU and see how that is handled so I'm just very curious to see how that movie kind of unfolds and I love the cast and the director um Love and Thunder I know when that movie comes out it's basically going to become my whole personality like every update around that movie is just giving me so much life so I have to pick that one as much as I am very excited for Doctor Strange and for Elizabeth Olsen in there and then Captain Marvel 2 like Kamala, Monica and Carol in one movie together I just nothing can beat that in my mind so it's like I have to pick that one. Okay, I respect that Pip made a straight column right there right down the middle. There you go. All right, Aaron, you're up. 
Whatever happened to we don't trade lives, BD? What happened? <laughs> oh. uh, Listen, hey, fired. Cap said it, not me. Cap said it, not me. Goodness gracious. Um, all right. So in line one, I'm gonna roll with uh Shang-Chi. Shout out to Simulio. I want to see what they can do with that with that property. Um, you see a lot of things on the internet right now about the plot and the possibilities with it, and it looks pretty interesting. I, I feel bad for Nat. We all just keep pushing her further and further down the timeline. And I'm sure Chloe Zhao's uh, Eternal's Vision is going to be interesting. Shout out to Brian David Tyree. Uh, I, I will be watching all of them, but I can only pick one. Um, I've grown so attached to Wanda over the course of WandaVision, and I really do want to see what happens next. And I love like just the entire... The Thor, the energy of that movie is going to be amazing. But I, I just, there, there's so much stuff going on in Spider-Man No Way Home, yo. Like, there's just too much. Like, we don't know what's going to happen, what's not going to happen. No one knows who's going to be there, who's not going to be there. It's the first day of school. Everybody's still texting, like, are you going to be there at 10? I don't know. I'll, I'll show up. I mean, are you going to be? I mean, cool. I, I, I can be there, you know? And it's going to be massive so i'm gonna pick spider-man no way home uh i love you i love you paul rudd <laughs> i feel like i am disrespecting him so the most lovely man that ever lived you know uh but i'm gonna go ahead and get quantum mania up out of here just for a second uh and i'm really really sad for child of paris because i love Monica rambo and i love kamala I'm like oh it's so hard like it's so difficult why you do this to me bb <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm gonna go with Black Panther too because I think Ryan Coogler can make this work. I really do. I think he can. Like, if anybody was gonna make this thing work in the dire circumstances that they've been presented with, I think he can do it. So I got uh, Shang Chi, Spider Man No Way Home, and Black Panther two for my picks. That's a that's a solid. I love the I love the explanation, and, and you're winning the comment section over too. I got I got my work <laughs> carved out for me now. Uh, okay, so line one. Or across the board, we're all dropping Black Widow. I'm going with Shang-Chi. I can't wait to see what they – I think that's going to be, like, action like we've never seen before in the MCU. I think Simu Liu is going to be so good in this part. Um, Eternals, I, I just doesn't – it doesn't – I don't know enough about it yet. I, and I do know – I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Shang-Chi just has me excited ever since it was announced. Uh, and I think that uh, – I mean, of course, there is maybe the – Iron Man connection with the Ten Rings. Who knows? That that gives me an added layer of excitement. But even without that, I am tremendously excited for Shang-Chi. Line two is tough. Uh, Thor Love and Thunder is probably my last place movie on this line. And I'm tremendously excited for Thor Love and Thunder. So that just goes to show how hard this was. I made this graphic. I did it to myself. Uh, <laughs> and then, and then here's, my, here's my dilemma. On Spider-Man No Way Home, is it just like the lead up to Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness? Is the story going to be completed in Doctor Strange 2? So therefore, I'm going with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And on line three, I'm going with Ant-Man of the Wasp Quantumania. I don't okay. have anything bad to say about the other two. I don't. There's no reason for me not to look forward to them. But I am tremendously excited to see Jonathan Majors as Kang the Conqueror. And I can't wait to see if they actually go all in on time travel and all that stuff. Uh, and what Kang and all those stories and the time travel can do for the MCU to me is super exciting. I think Quantumania has a huge opportunity to do a lot of really uh, really awesome world building, and I can't, I can't wait to see that. So, yeah, those are my three. Shang-Chi, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, and Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. That was fun. I liked that. We did it. There was yeah. no yelling or fighting <laughs> or crying. Yeah, yeah. We're still friends. Look at that. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're going to take a quick 60 second break here. I don't know how long it is on the podcast or wherever you're listening, but for us live, it's about 60 seconds. And then we're going to come back and we're going to talk full spoilers for the Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode five. This is your warning. If you have not yet watched, go watch, come back, finish our show because it's going to be great. See you in a minute. Back to Phase Zero, Episode 14. We're talking about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Episode 5. Full spoilers starting right now. Also, I just want to say I realized right before we took that break, I said see you in a minute. 
And that's a trigger phrase for the comment section after Avengers Endgame. I did not mean to reference such a sad moment, but it genuinely was like, we, we look, it's been a minute and we're back. That's what I meant. It was, I don't know. Maybe it's just subconscious at this point, but uh, maybe, I, you know what? Drop Shang-Chi from my list, put Black Widow on there. I can't wait to see it. July 9th can't come soon enough. I'm genuinely excited for that movie. Anyway, oh, Falcon yeah. and Winter Soldier, episode five. Fantastic episode. We're going to go around with reactions. I'll st- I-, I love this episode. I thought it was fantastic. I thought it had, it started with brilliant action and then it kind of, it would slow the pace and it would take time to, to let you spend time with the characters. We went down to Louisiana. We got to see everybody just being Sam and just being Bucky. It, I thought it was great. I, I thought just, it had everything you want. It tied up some story threads. I think this is the last time we, th- we see Zemo in the show, unless there's just like a button to tease something new, mm-hmm. but it really set the stage for a fantastic finale. I, I, I thought this episode was fantastic. Best episode of the show so far. Also, one hour runtime, including credits. Brilliant. Perfect. Perfect amount of time to watch a show at home. That's, that's it for me. Uh, Jamie, what's your reaction? Oh, well, I'm sure we can all imagine that when one Miss Julia Louis-Dreyfus walked on screen, <laughs> I lost my mind. Um, so that was it. That was all I needed for this episode. Um, I, I did take a picture of my face for you, Brandon, uh, to send later because I know you wanted uh, some of my reactions. So um, I, otherwise, the opening fight scene was so good. Oh, my gosh. What a good battle. Um, I know, you guys, I know I have a problem. And that problem is that I see men in love everywhere. <laughs> and, and I know that sometimes I, I invent m- man relationships in my brain, but I'm sorry. There was so much longing and boat fixing and slow motion <laughs> and staring at the ocean. When Bucky comes down and they're like fixing underneath and they're just like, they want to say something to each other, but they're just not ready to say it. So they're going to slowly twist and turn these knobs. And I'm like, just kiss. I mean, <laughs> what you want. Um, and again, I know sometimes I, I see things I want to see, but in this case, I- I'm sorry. I- it was romantic. Um, those are my thoughts. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. <laughs> I, I am, I'm just gonna, <laughs> Jenna. <laughs> I, I mean, I do agree with Jamie. Like it did feel like that middle portion did feel like the like domestic fan fiction of just the two of them just living their lives together. It was like, this is so cute and wholesome. And I just, I really enjoyed that. But like, yeah, the action and just the character beats in all, like the ways that this episode was still able to surprise me was really, really, really fun of just like the cameo and the fight scenes and just so many character moments that I was just like, I don't want this show to end. And it almost is like, oh my gosh, we still only have one episode left, but it feels like there's so much more that could be explored at the same time. Yeah, speaking of not ending, I thought this episode was going to end like five times. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then it just kept going, like to the point that I thought, are they crazy enough to show us the Falcon Captain America suit? I know before the finale, yeah. it just kept going. I loved it. Uh, yeah, uh, Aaron, what do you think of the episode? I I love this one. <laughs> I love this one a lot. But when I opened like Disney Plus and hit play, and it, the name of the episode was Truth, I knew I was like, oh god, you know. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen that? Like, uh, it's like a reaction uh, like image on Twitter where like. Homer's in the bathtub, like washing, and Bart Simpson walks up behind yes. him with a chair, and he's about to get hit. Yes. I was like, "Oh God, they're gonna have to hit me over the head with this chair. I gotta take this bump." Um, so that was like that. That of course, the beginning fight scene was amazing, uh, showcasing more of Sam trying to defuse situations whenever possible. Um, the we, the Walker stuff with him and Lamar uh, was was pretty. His family was pretty interesting and impactful. Um, I, I, should all Marvel shows be like a Wattpad or AO3 uh, <laughs> thing? Probably. They should go ahead and work in 20 minutes or so just yes. because it yielded very, very good results. Uh, <laughs> of course, uh, you know, my whole deal is Isaiah Bradley. So getting almost, you know, the MCU's version of the events of the graphic novel was really really staggering and I was like okay when, when Spellman said you're gonna cry I'm like yeah yeah I know I know <laughs> uh, yes okay please please 
uh, my crops are dying. Please stop. <laughs> um, so that's awesome. And we're set up for an amazing finale. We're just set up for all the, you know, all the shenanigans. And Julie Dreyfus just out of nowhere. Just like, what? Like, huh? I was like, yo, wait, 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 what, what, what? I, I was so confused. It was amazing. I had to go back and rewatch it two or three times just to be like, yeah, that, that happened. That's the thing that just exists now. She's just with us now. So really good episode. That my favorite by far of the whole series so far. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Definitely my favorite of the episode uh, of the series so far. Uh, I mean, let's just, we're just going to run through the episode kind of as it happened. I'm sure we'll we'll talk about whatever we want to talk about along the way. Uh, but I, I mean, I want to start with that fight scene. Bucky, Sam, and John Walker, they beat his ass. Let's go. Oh, it was so dope. I thought John was a little OP. Like, like, mm-hmm. like Bucky's also a super soldier. Maybe he's holding back out of fear of like the brainwashing or something. But uh, Bucky's also a super soldier. And he had an Avenger. Like Sam is human, but he's an Avenger nonetheless. He fought against Thanos and his army. Uh, and John was still, you know, holding his own there. But uh, that fight scene would have been so dope on a big screen, including their 3D that they pulled out. Like, I don't know if we have wrestling fans here, but there's a move that the Dudley boys used to do, and they would, like, pick one up. One of them would pick the guy up, and the other one would slam him down to the ground. That is pretty much what they did in this episode. I loved it. Uh, I, I don't know. I, that sequence, shout-out to Kari Skoglund for the directing she is doing. Just for just awesome. Uh, Jamie, uh, how, what's your takeaways from that fight scene? Um, I mean, oh gosh, one, I love the way that they're, that they have Sam kind of use his wings in a, in a hand to hand. Um, that's really cool. Um, and you know, I don't, uh, are we going to get a lot of wings in the future? My guess is not. So, uh, so if that was the last we see of them, unless we get a new, that's a whole other area. But, um, that scene was one of, I love a good hand to hand and they were, I, I had a couple O's out loud (laughs) for sure. Yeah, honestly, I watched. I stayed up last night to watch it, and when they did that move where they where 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 Bucky just swung John like a like a I don't even like what do you like a baseball bat I don't know like 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 he weighed a pound and then Sam just came in and drop kicked him with the shield. I was like, oh, yeah. well, all right then. Uh, but yeah, you mentioned uh, Sam lost the wings, and I mean, I think Sam is going to get new wings. We're going to talk about that, but. That those wings went to Torres, mm-hmm. like I mean, and, and this gave me first of all, if you don't know, Joaquin Torres becomes uh, the Falcon in Marvel Comics, and we 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 somehow he flew under the radar, no pun intended, uh, <laughs> until until the show started. We had no idea that that Joaquin Torres was going to be in this show. Nobody was even talking about this before the show started. Then episode one, we're just like, yo, that's the next Falcon. What? Uh, and I, I I love how they just kind of slip that in there but also it reminded me of uh terrence howard in iron man one when when bucky walked away i was like keep him it was like the reverse like when 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 roadie looked at the iron the silver iron man suit it was like next time baby Uh, that that was the energy i caught there it was like yeah this is the new superhero moment for this guy uh and that was awesome uh do we have any big joaquin torres falcon fans in the house I'm just really, I'm excited to see like the idea of him becoming the Falcon. Like, like you said, he came out of nowhere on this show. Like we did not know going in that we were going to get him. And so I feel like it'll be really interesting to see Sam kind of have his own sidekick and his own legacy character, especially after all of the character work we've gotten with Sam. The young Avengers forming to me is like one of the most exciting things the MCU can do. Give it to me. Give me all of that. Yep. Are they going to call him Red Wing? Oh, that would be cute. That would be that would be that would be fun. Rofinerdery, uh, Rofinerdery, uh, in the comments said. Also, Joaquin's "You found the new sleeve" was Chef's kiss. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. That, like Marvel's just good at doing that. You know what I mean? Like they just are. Uh, they're good at putting those little nods that reward you. This was obviously within the same series, but. I mean, like Jimmy Woo's card trick. They're just good at rewarding you for paying attention. Uh, John Walker went to court right after that that Torres and Sam Wilson scene. And I thought that episode was like the definition of white privilege. Like, I, I don't like nobody else is going to stand there and talk to judges that way unless they're a white dude who feels like they can get away with it. And I just, I mean, like, they don't say that. They show that. And I thought that was awesome. Um, 
And it also simultaneously kind of represented how the country leaves people behind, which is something Sam Wilson has been trying to fix, where he said, you made me like, yeah, John, you're, you know, we don't like you. I don't support you because of what you did. But I mean, he has a point that he was doing everything these people wanted him to do until he's not like, this is probably what those people wanted. They wanted him to go kill flag smashers, right? Like, Jenna, what did you it's it's the thing where like I keep thinking while while I'm watching this series about the line from the first Captain America of like a good you're not a good soldier but a good man it's like John Walker is a great soldier he's just not necessarily a good person and so I think we're seeing that dichotomy come to a head of oh he's he's spent his whole life being this soldier and being this perfect person for the government and the military but they don't really care about him as a person at the end of the day Exactly. He's just a, a number. He's a cog in the machine and they don't care. And he's, I think John is like a character who's constantly been craving validation. Yeah. And that's why he walks up to people. He's like, I'm Captain America. You know who I am. And then in that ep- at the beginning of this episode, when he was like, I am Captain America. I was just, I was like, somebody please punch this guy in the face. <laughs> There's nothing uh, like scarier than hearing a man like that say, um, stop making me do this. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's yeah. like, he just really uh, has so many qualities that just hit you right in the anger feels, uh, which is uh, good on you, Wyatt Russell. I, I can't commend that performance enough because I just want to punch him in the face. Like, so. <laughs> he's Wyatt is doing such a fantastic job. There's actually in that same interview where uh, Feige said that strange is rapping. He pointed out that, uh, he was proud of the fans for for being able to separate John Walker from Wyatt Russell and commend Wyatt for his great performance, but also hate John Walker at the same time. So I think that's I, I you know, you guys know that I like to keep it, you know, positive and fun and inclusive in the comment section here. So I don't see people hating on Wyatt ever anymore. I don't think I ever really did, but I'm sure there were people. It's it's the internet. There's always something. Um, a little bit later in the episode, John lied to Lamar's parents. And I get you could, uh, you could look at that and be like, oh, he was just trying to give them closure. But ah, uh, that's a that's a I don't I don't dig that. Aaron, what, thoughts? Um, so I guess it's a stylistic inversion of a storyline with a U.S. agent where he gets brainwashed and then they Battlestar saves him from his brainwashing and then takes him to his parents' graves to like grieve because while he was under the like you know under my control, the some enemies of him like killed his parents and it's like okay so this time it's Walker going to visit Battlestar's parents to offer them some sort of closure although it's built on a lie. You know, how far can it go? And you can see from how uh, his sister, homegirl, looks and looks, sees right through whatever he's selling to her parents. She's like not trusting it at all. But he does, you know, you can see, I guess, I guess the sort of bond between the two of them. But it's all very, very gray because those people, they just don't know like what happened, you know? Also, it feels almost sad because, you know, he, Lamar obviously believed in this dude. He obviously believed it. He, fo- he literally followed him into anything. You know, he makes him such a good foil for both Sam and Bucky because they would follow Steve in anything. You know, I'm just a dude. You know, I'm just a dude with some wings. I go where he goes. That's that's the same sort of thing going on here. And it just it felt kind of weird. Also, of course, with the with the events that we it just felt kind of kind of sad to have quite so much black pain on on screen as well. But the uh, got to give the actor that played his father, and especially the actor his mother, a lot of credit for really selling the emotion of like my son really cared about you know my son really loved you man like and we appreciate you coming coming through and at least paying respects. Um, so yeah, it was uh, a lot of emotions, not all of them positive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, well, I think all every black <laughs> actor in the show deserves a shout out because I mean Carl Lumley, we're gonna we're gonna talk about. Uh, Isaiah Bradley in a minute, but the, the performances and, and and performing things that are like maybe even I you can't say coincidentally because this stuff happens all the time, but like the timing of how relevant this stuff has become, uh, it's it, it, to, to perform it so well. I, I commend everybody who's who's a part of this. Um, now, uh, before we talk about Isaiah, I just want to keep going in the order of the episode. Uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus cameo as. Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. Jamie's losing her mind down there. This is a character. 
this is a character who in comics is one of the people who becomes Madame Hydra. Uh, according to Vanity Fair, she was supposed to debut in Black Widow. I find that very interesting. Maybe she's still in the movie. Maybe they took her out because this part of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier was shot post-shutdown. When oh. it must have been realized, like, there's a chance this comes out before Black Widow, right? Maybe. I don't know. But, uh... Janet, what, what, give us your give us a run through on uh, on on Val as she refers to herself. Okay, so Val debuted as part of like Nick Fury supporting cast in the late sixties. Um, in her first appearance, when she meets Nick Fury, she literally like beats him in hand to hand combat and flips him over, and he's immediately like, "Huh, I like this girl." So they over time they start to develop a romantic relationship, and the first scene where they hook up is kind of infamous because the comics code decided that it was a little too risque, and so certain parts of it had to be edited before it was actually published. Um, so that's just a fun little factoid. And then over the decades since she's just kind of become this like interesting part of Fury's world. Um, she has a really interesting role in Secret Invasion, where there are two separate instances where Skrulls impersonate her to try to get information about Nick Fury. And so part of me, as soon as she was introduced, I'm like, can we please have her in the Secret Invasion show? Like, I need her and Samuel L. Jackson in a scene together. Like, I, I need some sort of confirmation that they have this relationship in the MCU because it is just so weird and unexpected and interesting. Yeah, maybe she's a scroll right now. Yeah, maybe. I, I do think this. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say. Um, I you know, there's a lot of talk because she at one point takes up the Madame Hydra moniker. Um, but you you all know where I stand, and that's going to be there's one Madame Hydra, and that's Mallory Jansen. Um, on Agents of Shield, and it'll be hard for me to see someone else as Madame Hydra. But if it's gonna be somebody taking up that name, it better be Julia Louis Dreyfus. Uh, so that's something, but just the way, oh, she's just, I just love her already. And uh, I think Jim said this in the comments. It's like, it has Catherine Hahn energy. And that is obviously for me. I also just have to say, I give Marvel so much credit because it, over the past week, we've all been theorizing about like who this big cameo would be. And we all were so far off. Like nobody, I feel like nobody was even in the ballpark of like, here is Julia Louis-Dreyfus playing Madame Hydra. Like nobody even got close to that. Everyone was just like, it's Mephisto, it's Songbird, it's so-and-so. And so the fact that they were able to surprise us and have this character come out of nowhere, but it still completely makes sense for the story. I'm just like, that is so well done and just so worth celebrating. Do you think uh, that that uh, she she's in um, she's part of the Leviathan in the comics, which is like Russian Shield? So could we see that be like the villainous group of Black Widow? Do you think? Maybe. I would like. To, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like if if Black Widow came out first and she was a surprisingly big role in Black Widow, or just not maybe a main character or anything, but a prominent supporting role. Uh, kind of maybe even looming back there as a part of Leviathan. And then she showed up here. We would have much more clarity on what that what this all means. Uh, but yeah, the, and also I see a lot of people talking about the, the card she gave to John. And like Aaron said earlier, a lot of things are like in a gray area now. I think that's the purpose is that John doesn't want to operate in the gray area. I think the gray area kind of represents like morality and like, you know, finding the middle ground and stuff like that. And John is open to one side only and that's his side and i think that maybe that was like a black and white thing because one side of the card was black one side was white maybe she's saying like the world can still be black and white this is why she's recruiting john uh, my thoughts on that i don't know i did also see somebody shout out that it could be like the, it reminds them of the card from deadpool i don't uh. think that's what was going on there <laughs> but but you know a nice nod i guess uh it's just that the shield doesn't belong to the government little little bit there yeah my my boyfriend pointed out this morning that like technically it is vibranium that was that the US government did steal. So it's like in at the end of the day that was technically correct even beyond just the context of the show. It's like it is really something that the US government stole from somebody else. Yeah. I mean it also now it belongs to Sam Wilson because I said so. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean we're we're also going to talk about that and how the Wakandans play a part in that and why I think that is so awesome. When we get to it in a minute here, uh, I, I, uh, I'm trying to stick to the episode order, which next up for us is Baron Zemo going back to Sokovia. First trip to Sokovia since Age of Ultron, right? We haven't been there since uh, since Avengers 2, right? We haven't? Mm -hmm. Okay, I didn't think so. Well, do we count um, the flashback in WandaVision? 
Uh, uh, yeah, that's true. That's with a lot of Sokovia going on here. A lot of Sokovia going around. I was wrong. Mm-hmm. No, that's true. I yeah, we definitely count that. So third trip to Wak- Sokovia, Wakovia, uh, Sokovia <laughs> overall. Uh, but uh, I, I think it's cool to see the monument. I always dig the world building of the MCU and the references to previous movies. Pretty straightforward scene. But all I think when Zemo says, "I programmed you to kill," and Bucky doesn't kill, you know, he shows mercy. John Walker doesn't show mercy. You know, all this stuff. I thought that was a really nice touch. Um, Jenna, do you, do you think Bucky is clear of the of the brainwashing of it all? I, I hope so. I feel like we're at this point where he has been struggling with that for so long that I'm like, just let him live a peaceful life, please. Like, I know he had this quote this week that was like, I want Bucky to die as a 200-year-old man surrounded by his family. And I'm like, please just give that to him. He has gone through so much pain. Like, let this boy rest. Like, he, he deserves it at this point. <laughs> Zemo's about to get some rest on the raft. Uh, the Wakandans took Zemo to the raft. I think this is. I am. I am hoping and praying, and I know Jim Viscardi in the comment section is is wishing that we see Thunderbolts. Who else is on the raft? I don't know. Aaron, are you in for Thunderbolts? I do. You think this is a setup? Is this the last time we see Zemo? Where Zemo? Where yet? I think that we're we're definitely headed that direction. I mean, I just couldn't have, I thought that there would be more of like, you know, direct setup. Maybe it comes later because we don't know what happens in the last episode or what the post-credit scene is going to be because there's probably going to be a post-credit scene. Um, if it's just uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus just kicking down the doors of the raft and then breaking them all out in the post-credit scene, then we're, we're, we're on and cracking. Then we almost got enough just there alone. Like, you know, just like there must be other superpowered uh, villains just chilling in there the, enough for you to film fill out a lot of the roster but i i think that what they're doing is she's going to be the reverse of nick fury where she's going to show up to each of the old villains and do the recruitment speech to each of them that have that are still alive or still around and then that that's where we get the series popping off you know mm-hmm. so i that's what i think I could not be more here for that. Oh my! Yeah. Oh my gosh! Uh, yeah, uh, that I. Oof, that's exciting. Uh, Io told Bucky to make himself scarce in Wakanda because he uh, he worked with Zemo, and they, they you know they have, they have a little bit of reason to really hate Zemo over there. Killed King T'Chaka, son of a gun, but he is fun to watch. He is. Daniel Bruhl is such a good actor. He made this character fun to watch. Uh, and, and so I, I originally was thinking maybe Bucky's in Black Panther 2. Now I'm thinking maybe maybe not. Maybe White Wolf stays chill, stays back a little bit, does something else for a little bit, goes on a few more dates. I don't know. J- Jamie, where do you think we see uh, Bucky after this show? Based, well, you know, we have one more episode, but right now. I wouldn't be surprised if we got like a tease of a title that's like New Captain America and the White Wolf season two coming in 2024. Uh, I would not be surprised if uh, new title, new names. Uh, I certainly don't think this is the last we're going to see of Bucky. I do think that he deserves his Steve happy ending, um, but I don't think he's quite there yet. Mm hmm. Yeah, we'll get it. We'll, I think we'll get there. I, I don't think we'll get there anytime soon. I think Sebastian Stan plays this part for a while. Yeah. And I, I hope that's true. Uh, now let's talk about Isaiah Bradley. Uh, we, Eli Bradley made another appearance. Young Avengers. Bring him in. Bring him in. Uh, but, I, I mean, I, I, I want to, again, just shout out Carl Lumbly, who, you know, has, has only been in the show for a very brief amount of time. But this scene in this episode, the performance, the writing by Malcolm Spellman, head writer, uh, and this episode I'm sure had another specific writer, but the dialogue was fantastic. Uh, The history mirrors what Steve did, but the difference is that Steve gets hailed as a hero. Isaiah gets thrown in jail. Uh, Aaron, uh, Isaiah's your guy. Oh, man. What, uh, you know, when... When we got to the point where he's like, I'm going to go. And then you saw him walking through Baltimore and he walks past Eli and then playing, you know, like basketball. I'm like, oh, there's only one way this can go. He's going to have to have like this long, like the real conversation that needs to be had about this shield and about his legacy, you know. Um, And what just Carl Lumbly, man, is the spirit of every older black guy 
that I've ever had the had the pleasure of talking to or tipping my cap to on the street. It was so so resonant. Um, just the I, the idea that you could be you could serve, you could um, do everything you could in your power to like honor the people around you, honor the people in your unit, and then come home and it not really count for much at all, and that you could be suppressed in that way too. Um, I would like to say that the NCU did decide to take a couple of small deviations uh, in, in his characterization and in like the story from Truth, Red, White, and Black, um, where he serves in, in, the, in the conflict, he saves his, he actually does save or at least bring back the remains of some of his squad mates, which doesn't really happen in the graphic novel. Um, and his wife doesn't, doesn't survive um, the, the being told that he's not, he's not alive anymore which is a, a very big, you know, sort of departure. He's a big source of like light for him in the comic uh, as his brain starts to deteriorate from the so super soldier serum that he doesn't have here. And that can help explain some of the characterization as well. Although no one can really blame him for being as bitter as he is. And, you know, I, I really thought that, you know, Sam sort of having to sit there in and take in like, you know, that there are people who believe that this is fruitless. Like you, you, not everybody is going to be behind, like, you know, everybody doesn't see the point in you taking up this mantle. But it's also a sly way to sort of also allude to how he's like Steve Rogers, because he's like, well, I know people, like, we can change, we can do this and that. And that sort of optimism is really key for Sam Wilson as Captain America, as opposed to, like, you know, other incarnations. Like, you, you could imagine, you know, Steve Rogers, if he ever got to have the conversation with Isaiah Bradley, which, man, oh, man, could I get a show of old man Chris Evans and <laughs> Carl Umby on that weird Nick Fury space station on the moon <laughs> playing shuffleboard <clears throat> and trading stories, it would be delightful. Um, we're probably not gonna get that though. Uh, it's just really, really, really uh, powerful stuff. I'm still trying to really process all of it because it really, really gripped me in a, in a real way. Um, and yeah, it was just good. I don't know. I don't know if we're gonna see Isaiah again, though. Unfortunately, it doesn't seem like it. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I do want to. I do want to say something just about like like I see some comments all the time. I mean, like we've said, it's the internet. But like I see some comments about the show where people are like, "Oh, they're forcing diversity. They're forcing like a woke story, whatever." Like, look at this podcast right now. If you don't understand why diversity is important, listen to what Aaron just said. Like Aaron saw the Isaiah story in this scene, in this in this episode, completely different than I'm even capable of. And I recognize that. I'm just a regular ass white dude. Like, I, you know, <laughs> and Aaron is in bringing this perspective of this is every old black dude that I've that I have had the privilege of talking to. And it's like, I don't I don't I, I don't think that way. So that's why diver this is just an example right now of why I think diversity is important, why these stories being told is so awesome. Like, I just wanted to shout that out. I mean, just in listening to you talk, I'm glad you're on the show and you got to share that with everybody. So thank you for, for that, Aaron. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to share that. Um, but yeah, the Isaiah Bradley stuff was, was really awesome. Uh, and I, I don't know, I, I was kind of hoping to see, uh, you know, the, the flashback with him and Bucky, cause I thought they kind of aged Carl Lumbly up a little bit. Um, and, but may, and maybe that is still coming at some point. Maybe that's why they did that. But, uh, I don't. I don't know if it's good. I don't know if we have time to see it in the show. I don't know if it'll serve the story in this show, unless, of course, one of the people that Bucky wants to make amends with is Isaiah. Uh, but I think that's more of like a Yuri thing. I think that's why Yuri was in episode one. That would make a lot more sense uh, for that character to be there. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, I loved Sam's family in this episode. Like uh, Sam rallies the whole town to fix the boat. Um, <laughs> Bucky was flirting with Sarah. <laughs> Jamie, okay, I'm, so, Jamie, I'm so sorry, Jamie. I'm no, so sorry. Um, there's a little movie called Tango and Cash. Um, in fact, <laughs> starring uh, the father of one Wyatt Russell, Mr. Kurt Russell. And every time I watch Tango and Cash, I think, wow, Stallone and Kurt Russell want to kiss so bad. But then Terry <laughs> Hatcher gets in the way and it's like, stay away from my sister. I can't do a Stallone impression. I'm sorry. Um, and he's like, stay away <laughs> from my sister. And, and it's like, they're using that to be like, just so you know, this isn't gay, so let's flirt <laughs> with the sister. And that's all I could think about during this was uh, some Tango and Cash uh, cover-up. Uh, uh, that's that's all I have to say about that. 
I'm sorry, Brandon. I know you don't know how to react uh, to my thoughts on these things. But you broke, Brandon. It's my truth, it and I'm going to stop it. It happens once a week. <laughs> I, there's just things I think I shouldn't touch. And, uh, <laughs> like, this is one That's of those fair. things. I, I'll, just, I'll just listen. I, you see it how you want to see it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, listen, I, I, from my perspective, I'm sitting here thinking if my friend walked in here and flirted with my sister, <laughs> I don't, I'd be pissed. I'd be pissed. I, I Sam took it better than I did, would have. But, uh, especially, you know, if it was my boyfriend who was flirting with my sister, of course, right? <laughs> There it is. <laughs> uh, uh, Bucky brought the briefcase to uh, Louisiana. I mean, there's no way there's anything in there other than the Falcon Captain America suit, right? Mm-hmm. Full on. What do you think is going to happen when we see that? How, you know, is it going to be like he shows up in New York? What, are you? I don't even know if we're ready to see this suit. I feel like he has to. Like, I feel like it has to be this big moment of, like, he shows up in the big New York fight scene that we've seen a little bit in the last trailer. And it's just, like, this big epic, like you said, the, with the fight scene in this episode, of it's something you would want to see on the big screen, but we don't get to see that right now. But I, I'm just really, I love how they're handling that reveal of, I expected to just see it in the briefcase, like akin to that one Wolverine scene in the X-Men movies where it's like, here's the classic Wolverine suit that we never actually got to see him wear. So I was glad that we like kind of saved that reveal for next week because the episode ended and I was like, wait, you can't end that there. I need more. <laughs> this is like, that was, it was a perfect place to end it on narratively, but it also was like, please give me the next episode already. Oh, it, what a, I mean... I honestly feel like the the story like felt a very conclusive when John Walker was taken out of the picture. <laughs> and so the flag smasher stuff with Carly is is less interesting to me than what Bucky and Sam versus John Walker was. And I now it's going to be a that seems like it's going to be the big showdown is flag smashers versus Falcon Cap and Bucky. Uh maybe Bucky, I don't know, maybe Bucky doesn't show up. He's maybe rode off into the sunset. But uh the 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 suit definitely is the thing I'm most excited about in itself for next week, you know? And I also, I think it's awesome that you, they had the Wakandans make this suit as if to say they, they had something to say with it, with their vibranium. Like they, they gave permission this time they crafted it and they crafted it for a black man. Like, I think this is just genius writing. I think it's so good. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can't wait to see the suit though. I can't wait to see that suit. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. Anybody, anybody have any comments on the suit before I move on? I, I will say uh, that um, this whole show, I've said it before, feels like it could have it could have been a binge. It didn't need to be week to week. But that was the best cliffhanger. Um, I, I, just like something as silly as fashion cliffhanger works so <laughs> well. I, I was I was like, no, I need to see it. But in, in a way that I, I respect the choice to cut it off there. That was uh, that was perfection. Yeah. Yeah. All, all uh, we need is the Star Spangled Man, like yes. start, like a different cover of it that's not yes. that really ridiculous <laughs> marching band cover from episode two, and we'll be set. We'll be good to go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was very much on the team of I want to see Chris Evans show up as old man Steve to kind of uh, put that faith back in Sam uh, to take on the mantle, but I, I was wrong. We, we definitely don't need that. The conversation with Isaiah and then the conversation with his sister and the conversations with Bucky, that was more than, I mean, that was more than Steve could have ever done, I think. So I, I, I admit I was wrong in wanting Steve. I mean, I'll always just want to see Chris Evans as Steve, but uh, in, in terms of this story, I think we keep it the way it is. I, I don't think, I think at this point, you, you're doing too much if you bring him in. Yeah. Uh, now everybody wants to talk about Sharon Carter. We're finally going to talk about Sharon Carter. She was in the episode for a whole 14 seconds. And <laughs> I mean, like, she like has to be the power broker, right? Absolutely. She has I, like, to be. Like I said last week, it's the thing of like my boyfriend who goes to another school. It's like you are conveniently covering your butt of hiding the fact that you are totally the power broker. Yes. And she's using Sam and Bucky to try to find Carly and the gang. Yeah. Because and it's just not it's just a coincidence that Sharon and the power broker have the same goal. No, I don't think so. 
they need to she better have some cool stuff to do in this final episode because you know they finally brought me in on sharon with episode three i was like okay girl i feel you now i'm i'm team sharon and then they never had her do anything again so uh they're losing me a little but if it's a twist villain cool stuff like that then that'll be the final decision of of whether i love sharon carter or not I, I think you might end up disappointed, be, and we all might, because I think Sharon's story is, if she is the power broker or if she's working for the power broker, if it, it has to be something bigger that we're going to mm-hmm. get later. I just don't know how there's time to to wrap up Sharon as a really meaningful character in just one more episode when there is so much more we want to see and we have to see. So I think maybe Sharon, maybe she ends up in a Thunderbolt story. Maybe she knows Val, you know, maybe... I don't know. She just keeps running Madripoor, but uh, <laughs> but I, I think that there has to be more there. But it just seems clear she has to be the power broker, or at least working for the power broker. And was she on the phone with Petrock? Yeah, like that. She was on the phone with Petrock, the leaper, who suddenly is back. It's going to be <laughs> leaping again, I guess. I don't. <laughs> I will just say it's funny. They've like barely referred to him by his comic name. So I feel bad for people who aren't really familiar of just like, who is this guy? Like, why does he just keep popping up on this show and just speaking French and being angry? But like, I, yeah, she was totally on the phone with him. That was absolutely the same thing. It was like, she was trying to have him meet with, with the flag smashers of like, she was trying to play both sides at the same time. It felt like. Hold on. Educate me. Am I saying Batroc wrong? I, I would say it as Batroc. Batrock? Yeah. Batrock for French? Yeah. Yeah, there it is. Nailed just, it. Batrock. Just, just do the snooty French version. That would work. <laughs> okay. Okay. From now on, he is Batrock the Leaper. Uh, you have to do that with your head, too, every time. You got to do a little Batrock. Anyway. All right. I'm done with that. Uh, the montage with the shield. I thought it was kind of corny. But uh, it was it, like, it was like, what is he training in a day to be I, Captain I America? Like it was earned. I don't know. It, it was silly, but it was just like a good kind of silly. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it was fun to watch, but it was also like. <laughs> I, I giggled. I'm with you, Brandon. I, I did. I was like, okay. Uh, you know, this, the, the lot of slow motion this episode. <laughs> I, I was like, what looking- is this, a Snyder cut? <laughs> oh, God. I, I am looking yeah. forward to all of the video edits of, like, putting Eye of the Tiger and, like, every other kind of 80s motivational song to that scene because it just feels tailor-made for that. I wish uh, Starak showed up <laughs> as, with Sylvester Stallone down there and was just like, hey, kid, uh, keep throwing that shield, all right? <laughs> so it turns out Brandon also can't do a Stallone impression. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> can't do Stallone. We have no good Stallones on this show. No. Uh, we're, we're moving on. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Sam Wilson for using his uh, what he's good at, which is you know trying to help veterans, trying to help people mentally who are struggling when he hones in on what Bucky's going through better than the therapist seemed to ever be able to. Um, no shade, Amy Aquino. He did a great job in that part. But, uh, you know, Sam knows Bucky, and when he says to go help people, uh, that'll make him feel better than just saying sorry. I love that. Anybody, do, do, what do, you, do you think we see an apology to Yuri, or do you think we see, like, I someone like or Isaiah? They have to wrap that up because it was like they introduced so much of Bucky's like status quo in the first episode. And then we've just completely kind of kicked that to the side. So I feel like that'll be kind of a a little scene in the finale of him actually apologizing to Yuri. Because otherwise it's like, where do you do that at any other point? Otherwise, that plot line is just kind of unfinished. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And at the end of the episode, we see uh, Batroch. Is back. Uh, it. He wants Sam. Carly wants John Walker. I think, right? That's their goals. But I don't know. They they seem to have uh, raided the GRC. I'm not super invested in that part of the story. I'm gonna be honest. I was more invested in Sam and Bucky versus John. So this seems like a, a nice button. And the thing I'm most looking forward to is seeing Sam take on uh, take on the 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 mantle. Aaron, what are you what are you thinking for the final episode? Um. It feels like we're we're headed towards all of it converging pretty succinctly. There was some worry around probably episode three that like how are you going to tie up all this stuff because it felt like like you said, Brandon, John Walker is your, like a villain, like the Black Smashers are a villain, the Power Broker is like looming over everything. Like how, how are they going to concisely fight all of these threats at the same time? And it turns out 
you just have Sharon Carter call freaking George St. Pierre and have him show up in New York. And boom, we got all three of you in one fell swoop. And it looks like we might not be done with John Walker in the last episode. I mean, he might show. It looked like he's probably going to factor in somehow, you know. Maybe he's just going to get himself killed. (laughs) I mean, hugely possible. (laughs) It it, might. it could be. It could be. I don't. I don't know. I think he's going to be in Thunderbolts, though. I think he's yes. totally going to be there. Yeah, he gets he gets a, such a strong reaction from the audience that I think it would be just wise to use him again in some way. But I don't. At this point, I don't know. Some you kind of root for Thunderbolts. <laughs> John Walker's going to be a tough guy to root for. <laughs> I, I think that's like, part of the fun, though, is that like the entire conceit of Thunderbolts is it's the people that you traditionally wouldn't want to root for. So I think having those different personalities and having like, oh, here's a villain that's more redeemed that I genuinely want to root for and having one who is needs a little needs to prove themselves a little bit more and needs to kind of validate themselves and not just lean into their evil parts. I think that is a really interesting conflict if they actually do Thunderbolts. What I mean, I didn't think one month ago club. I was going to be a Zemo <laughs> stan. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's the, that's the great point. I mean. Zemo was super fun to watch, and uh, and you you find yourself rooting for him, you know, and you then you're conflicted because you're rooting for the Doras, which are also like oh, I don't I don't want Zemo to like die and leave the show, and that's like good that. writing. Yep, that is great writing. That is like how I felt watching Game of Thrones until that terrible I've ending. Just thought Game of the there's nothing better than the than the Game of Thrones battles because you don't you you root for both sides, and that's mm-hmm. exciting. Mm-hmm. When we got to New York, was anybody else like scanning that skyline, trying to see the Avengers Tower and who bought it? Because I was, and I saw nothing. Oh, just me. Just I me. forgot yeah. to honestly. Like, yeah, I didn't even think about it. <laughs> I immediately like I didn't pause it and go back, but I like sat up a little closer and I was like, <laughs> "There was nothing there." Although maybe there was, if you saw something. Uh, yeah, Indigo15, Brandon Moore in the comments says, I totally scanned the, the skyline. Uh, Evans Larsons is with me. I'm not alone. <laughs> Co-hosts. Uh, uh, yeah, all right. Well, that's pretty much everything from the show. And if anybody has any questions, we can answer those really quickly. I mean, if any, we could just go around. If anybody wants to make any predictions for the finale, Aaron just made a, made a prediction. Jamie, what are, what are, what are you f- thinking might happen or want to see happen in episode six? Um, definitely kind of what I said before. I'd, I'd love um, a tease that this duo is going to come back. And I mean, even in this episode, they they tease like they couldn't decide how to how to name themselves. Are they partners? Are they friends? Um, so I'm ready for uh, them to be uh, a powerful duo that gets to come back with their new names. Um, yeah. And I want to see some punching and kissing. <laughs> <sighs> Jenna, <laughs> um, I, I I agree with Jamie. I would also say, like, I think we we spoke about this before earlier in the season of how with Wandavision we knew where Wanda was going next. Like, we we could kind of forecast where her ending was going to be. We don't have that with really anybody on this show, and I think that's really interesting from a storytelling standpoint because we we really don't know where the ending's going to be because it hasn't already been forecast for us. So it feels like anybody could really end end up anywhere. Yeah, we have a question from CJ Darfour. What do you think gets teased in the after credit scene? I guess there's two ways to answer this. I'm not sure if this is about this week's episode or what might be in the after credit scene of next week's episode. For this week's episode, I think we're just seeing like a, a Captain America knockoff be an Iron Man knockoff and make his own shield. He could have just ordered the Hasbro Legends edition <laughs> and he probably would have been better off. I don't believe John Walker has the brain to make a good shield. Or I, I joked to my boyfriend, I was like, he went to Hobby Lobby and just like spent so much money. <laughs> and then Yeah, just- now he's just a cosplayer. Yeah. Like, and he's about to go to battle with uh, another super soldier. All right, bro, let's see how that goes for you. Uh, or maybe not. Maybe he's not even in the finale, but I'd be surprised. Uh, but as far as the... A post-credit scene. I guess we could all make one fun prediction on, on a post-credit scene for the end of the show. I think we see where Bucky's going. I think we get a picture of because with both Bucky and Sam, we don't know their next appearance. And unless they announce a season two, they're probably going to be in some movies or something, right? So I think the post-credit scene might show us where the White Wolf ends up or, or, or something along those lines. Or maybe it visits the Wakandans uh, and gives us a Black Panther 2 tease. But that would be that movie hasn't started yet, so I don't know. But those that's what I that's the best I got. 
Jenna, what do you think? Any predictions? I, I would say, like, I feel like there's a lot of possibilities for a post credit scene. I also feel like they could pull a WandaVision and kind of have two. So that might, like, they might tease two completely different things in there. But I feel like you could, like, you could tease Eli becoming Patriot or Kid Patriot. You could tease where Bucky's going next. You could tease where Sam's going next. You could do Thunderbolt setup. Like, there are a lot of options at this point. So, or they could just, like, do nothing and just make it, like, a silly post credit scene. Like, at this point, like, anything kind of goes. I would love a Thunderbolts tease. Aaron, what do you think might come at the end of the series? I think we're almost assured, like, the Thunderbolts tease. I think that's just going to happen. I mean, why introduce all these different players that would be on the board for that if you're not going to do anything with it? Also, I think we might just get a more direct, like, like Jamie said earlier, like a Captain America and the White Wolf Season 2 splash thing because the reception's been so good. Why not just give us more? Um, they could go complete left field, but I don't know what that would even look like. But yeah, I think we're definitely going to get like Julie Dreyfus walking into a, a cell on the raft and being like, it's time for you to come out of the cold, Zemo. And there we go. Thunderbolts is set up right there. Um, yeah. I see some comments. You could also see some Young Avengers teases like with Eli um, yeah. and stuff like that. That could be interesting. Uh, Jamie, what do you think? Oh, um, Drew Louis Dreyfus shows up to Westview. She saves <laughs> Agatha from her from her spell, and then the two team up and they get their own show. I don't know. I don't have any guesses, you guys, but that's my dream. <laughs> Name the show. What do you call the show? Oh gosh. Oh, I, what I was about to say is not actually something I'm probably allowed to say. So, <laughs> so I don't have a title. <laughs> I am not paying nine ninety nine to watch it in a hotel room at midnight. <laughs> wow. I, I didn't mean listen. it like that. No, I didn't mean like I'm just basing this off of the rest of the show. I'm okay, yes, that's fair. Uh, you you got my number. Uh, I I like what I like, but I did I I didn't mean it like that. I was I'm just thinking just... of the B word. Uh, was was what was coming to mind for me. For in apartment twenty three. Is that where it was? I don't. Never mind. Uh, anyway. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Brandon. Well. <laughs> There's, there's, there, listen, but I, it makes the show better. It makes the show better, Jamie. We love you. Everybody loves you. We love having you. Uh, and even yeah. if it makes my face turn red, then uh, that's that's great for the brand. You know, phase zero. Where else are you going to get entertainment like this? Excuse me. <sighs> anyway, okay. Well, I guess that's as good a part as any. <laughs> to wrap up today's episode of Phase Zero. <laughs> we only have one episode of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier left, episode six, the series finale, unless there's a season two next week. Uh, any last words, Jamie Jirak? Um, No. Oh, yeah, for me, I joined Letterboxd, and I'm really enjoying it. So follow me on Letterboxd, folks. Uh, Jamie Cinematics, where I watch movies and rate them very high because I always <laughs> rate everything very high. <laughs> jenna anything you'd like to share with our amazing audience um just search hey it's jenna lynn on basically any social media platform and you'll probably find me so perfect all right aaron uh it's at some of the corner on twitter and i'll be posting re or at least reposting the things that i've written about uh isaiah bradley today in case you want to catch up and see how the on-screen depiction differs from what they did in the comics Awesome. Love it. Love it. Well, if anybody wants to find me, you can do it at Brandon Davis PD and on the comicbook.com YouTube channel uh, on all platforms. Uh, I'll see you there. Uh, for more updates, head over to comicbook.com slash Marvel. Please share the show with your friends. Leave a five-star review. Let's let's do something exciting. I'm talking to uh, Joaquin Torres this week. I have an interview. So uh, we're going to talk to the new Falcon. And maybe we'll save that interview for next week's show. But I don't think I can wait that long. I think I just have to release it as soon as I do it. I, I can't end the show without rambling. So we're just going to cut it right there, everybody. Thanks for listening. <laughs> good morning. Goodbye. Good afternoon. Good night. Good, 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 good